Riverside. How we doing, everybody? Don't worry. This is not Trevor Solo episode part two. I'm just running the intro because Dan is currently in the car. So that's how committed we are to recording this podcast, especially with the fact that playoff baseball is starting today. We're going early morning pod. <clears throat> Sorry, that's how that's how the intro starts is me with a cough, but early morning pod, coffee through the veins, and we're going to re- come out here and we're going to talk about some playoff baseball. Dan, how fired up are you? I cannot wait for playoff baseball. First off, good morning. Good morning. Um, I cannot wait for playoff baseball. Uh, just, so I honestly, I love what they did with the expanded playoffs. I th- I'm so excited mm-hmm. for this wild card round. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's it's great how they set it up especially with the the teams that are the best in the leagues getting the buys i'm fired up i'm happy for this pod i'm excited to be doing it in the car it should be interesting i'm cruising through the university of delaware go blue hens right now um ready to get on 95 uh but yeah committed to the pod committed to the pod let's do this nobody ever questioned our commitment to the pod now logistically when it comes to the timing of trying to record a podcast that can be difficult at times but the commitment level we'll record in a car i don't care cop pulls you over and says what are you doing i'm recording a pod backside ground balls subscribe on apple pods fire me up tell all your brethren at the at the cecil county police department to to follow and like as well share with all your friends so uh, you know, obviously we got a lot of baseball today. Like I said, we are recording on Friday, October 7th. You know, we're kicking off with the 1207 start. I feel like Tampa Bay always gets the, the crap end of the stick. And I know it's because obviously they're Tampa Bay, but they always end up playing the, the early day game and, and you just like roll out of bed. Got, you still got your, uh, rubbing your eyes out in Tampa Bay and Shane McLanahan <laughs> six innings in against, <laughs> against the Cleveland Indians today so they they start the day off at 1207 then we have your philadelphia phillies going at 207 on abc against the st louis cardinals then at 407 we got the blue jays and the mariners and then closing it out with the nightcap is the series most people are looking forward to the mets and the padres so let's start with your philadelphia phillies obviously they kind of squeaked in there at the end but what are you looking forward to for them? Obviously, we've talked about how they're pitching and the top, you know, their top end talent matches up. But obviously, that's going to be a series that you're going to be watching. You know, what are kind of the keys for for the Phillies, particularly, to kind of take down the Cardinals and, and make a run at this thing? Well, I think it's honestly pretty simple. Um, I don't want to say they're playing with house money because once you get it, when in baseball, it's tough to play with house money. It's not like the NFL where you play 16, 17 games, and if you're a, a, a nine and eight team. And you get in, you're playing with house money. But it was only 17 weeks. These guys have been at it for six months, 162 games. So there is a lot to lose when yeah. you get in because you want to make a run. You don't want to to, to do go through all that season just to be there for two or three games. You know. Um, that being said, I think the, the thing for the Phillies is it's great that they're back in the postseason for the first time in 11 years. And I think it's great for this, this kind of nucleus of guys that they've had for a few years, Nola and um, – 
uh, JT and, and Bryce Harper to get into the playoffs. And the key for them is going to be the key that it is all as it has been all season. Nobody in Major League Baseball got more innings out of their starting pitching. And if they're going to win a playoff mm-hmm. series, especially against a team like the Cardinals, their starters, specifically Wheeler and Nola, are going to have to give them length. They're going to have to be able to nullify. They're going to have to give them length to kind of erase some of those middle inning situations from their bullpen because they don't have the deepest bullpen in the tournament, right? They, they probably have one of the worst bullpens in the tournament still. It's much improved from the past years, which is what allowed them to get in, but it's still not deep. Um, and then on, on, on the offensive side of things, they need their guys to be their guys, right? They pay, they pay four hitters a ton of money in that lineup, right? Mm-hmm. That being Schwarber, Harper, Real Muto, and Castellanos. And Castellanos and Harper are, are, are cold going into it. They've been banged up a lot during yeah. the year. Harper obviously missed um, 40 games, 50 games with, uh, with the thumb injury. Um, and he's come back and he's been ice cold. He hasn't shown the power. He hasn't. You can tell with 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 Harper when he's going through things where his timing's just off and he's not swinging at pitches and controlling the at bats that he normally does. And as far as Castellanos goes, he's been on the. He had finally started to get hot and look like he was going to come out of things. And then he had no bleak and he was on the shelf. So for them, it's going to be starting pitching yeah. and, and those guys that they pay all that money got to got to come through. Yeah, and, and Harper's obviously such an such an interesting part of of obviously the whole dynamic because of the capabilities that he has as the former MVP, as the superstar, as the big money free agent. And, you know, he does go through these times where he tends to scuffle and, and, you know, the postseason, you're getting everybody's best stuff. You're getting every pitcher's, you know, best matchup. They're not, they're not really going to leave a, a, you know, soft toss and righty in there against Harper when, when they have a lefty hot in the pen. And then, and even if it means that lefty has to face a real Muto or a Castellanos after Harper, you know, they're going to kind of run that matchup to make sure that that he's not getting a comfortable at bat. So the fact that he's cold already, obviously, I mean, with the injuries he's dealt with, you're kind of just happy that he's in the lineup and hopefully he can provide some form of a spark. But, you know, I think, like you said, I you know, I look at this series and I really have a hard time. Like, it's kind of like the tale of two completely different teams like you have the high-end talent of the Phillies and it's like you know these superstars top-end starting pitching like these dynamic players and obviously we talked before about you know how you kind of hinge your bets on talent I do I mean looking at it on paper obviously the Cardinals have Goldie they have um, Arenado but like outside of that it's just a lot of really good players out of those two you know really good pitchers really good relievers really good players good defense good base running all this stuff like that and then you have the Phillies that have that superstar Wheeler Nola Harper Schwarber Cassianos Rio Muto and then it's just like oh then it falls off a cliff right so you know it'll be interesting because I do think that that dynamic you know I'm not saying that that it's you know, favorable, but in a three game series, right? The top end dynamic is more suitable to success in a seven game series than, you know, when you play seven games, the good baseball is what's going to kind of take you there, right? You know, not making mistakes, kind of playing the long game, having that depth, having that depth in your lineup, having that depth in your rotation. Whereas for the Phillies, it's like, hey, if we can get Schwarber to hit a bomb or two, we can get Castellanos to hit three doubles, we can get Harper to get hot, and we can get Real Muto to do his thing, and Nolan Wheeler go out and do their thing. Next thing you know, you're walking into your ne- the next round with, with a series victory, and it could be in two games. 
Yeah, and I think the thing when you look at it for the Phillies, the path is it's it's real, it's realistic in a three game series, just like yeah. you said, right? Like you can they they have the starting pitching edge in the first two games, right? Like I'll take yep. Zach Wheeler over Jose Quintana as good as Quintana's been, especially mm-hmm. since he came over. That's who the Cardinals are going with in Game One. I would presume they're going to go Miles Mikolas in Game Two. Um, who knows? Ali Marmol might play the hard strings if they're down and, and, and go to Wainwright. Yeah. But still, it's Nola, yeah. Nola versus either Mikolas or, or Wainwright. And you got to like the Nola, the Phillies' advantage there with those guys on the mound. So for me, it's like in a three-game series, the path is legit. You can see that happening, right? You can see Wheeler and Nola giving you a combined 15 innings, 14, 15 innings, and, yep. and, and limiting the Cardinals' offense. And mm-hmm. then the Cardinals are in trouble because, you know, the, the – Back into the, the Phillies bullpen is as obviously has questions and isn't great. It's again better than the last couple of years, but the Cardinals might be even worse off, right? Hensley might be out mm-hmm. this, this this series. Um, he left his last outing uh, of the regular season. They're not sure if he's going to be available. And then you know they're going to lean a lot on Palante, who's a young guy who doesn't have a ton of experience. He's had a good year out of the pen. You know it's going to be tough for the Cardinals to do you know to match up with the starting pitching. So it's interesting. This is going to be a really fun series. And I honestly, I feel that way about all the wild card series. Yeah, so do I. And, and obviously we'll, we'll, you know, I completely agree with, with the point you made about the Phillies. It's, you know, when you have Nolan and Wheeler stacking up, I mean, I'd be pretty content with that. I, I know a lot of Philly fans have the, the narrative that Nola can't pitch in big games, even though he's 20 up, 20 down. Outing. Clinch, right. Yep. Against the, the Astros. So, um, you know, that'll be an interesting thing to follow, uh, you know, especially with, like you said, with game two, I don't, you know, I don't know what direction I, the fact that they're starting Jose Quintana game one tells me everything I need exactly. to know about that, that the depth of that rotation, it's, it's deep, but it's not good, you know, and in, in three game, not, I'm sorry, not, not good, but not right. great, not top right. end, you know, and, and so, you know, speaking of, of top end starters, uh, let's head over to the other National real League wild quick, card series. Sorry, real quick. What I will yeah, course, say about the Cardinals is there's that Cardinal magic that I yeah. wouldn't be surprised, right? If Jose Quintana does turn no. into Madison uh, Bumgarner for this run in the playoffs mm-hmm. or Jordan Montgomery or Wayno turns back the clock, I'd be not surprised, right? Because yeah. this is kind of and, – and one of the storylines here, um, especially if you're a Phillies fan, is 2011, the last time the Phillies were in the playoffs, right? The Cardinals ended that dynasty by upsetting them, right? And that was kind of it for, yep. for Ryan Howard, Rollins, Utley, um, Victorino Ruiz. That was the end of that era for those guys, Doc Halliday. Yeah. Um, well, the Cardinals, here come the Cardinals, who this is probably it for Pujols, Wainwright, and Molina, right? This mm-hmm. is probably the end of that run, and the Phillies have an opportunity to go in there and, and kind of end that that era of Cardinals baseball. So that's going to be a good storyline, but because of the, that yeah. – I like that makes me like the Cardinals even more in that series. Yeah, definitely. And and like you said, playing with the hard strings and going with Wayno, I'm surprised they didn't open the me series too. with Wayno. I'm sure the the rotation didn't stack up the way they'd like. I'm sure there's some well, form of Quintana's change up against the uh, you know. Obviously, you have Harper and Schwarber are the lefties in that lineup, Bryce and Stott. So I'm sure there's a little bit that goes into well, it from from that standpoint. Wayno blew up in September, right? I mean, he had an yeah. all, he had a I think a, a seven seven ERA in September, and yeah. or else he would I wouldn't have been shocked if he had started Game One. If he had had as good of a September as he had had, you know, the first five months or so of the year, then it probably you probably would have seen Wayne right in Game One. 
Yep. Definitely. Definitely. So that'll be interesting to see how, how they kind that series goes. I think it's going to be kind of, it's probably the most underrated series of the four. Um, Obviously there's a lot of hype going into the other ones, but you know, I do think it's a pretty evenly matched and should be some, some pretty darn good baseball in, in, uh, in St. Louis this week. So, you know, like I already said, we'll, we'll head over to the other NL wildcard series. We have the Mets and the Padres. Obviously this one comes in with a lot of hype. You want to talk about star power. We got Max Scherzer. Jacob DeGrom, Pete Alonso, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, you Darvish, the list goes on and on. The talent is going to be flowing on the baseball field in Queens tonight and all throughout the weekend. The question I have for you, I saw this on MLB Network yesterday. What do you think about the Mets considering not starting Jacob DeGrom game two? If they win game one. It is the most New York Mets thing I have ever seen in my life. And that's really all I can say about it. I'm sorry. I have never, like, to me, the saving your guy for a certain situation in the playoffs and and, and not throwing him when he's available, I would have started him in game one. Because if you pitch him in game one, the sooner he can pitch in in DS. Now you're saying, okay, if Mm -hmm. Scherzer goes out there and gets beat – now he can pitch in. Now he's got to pitch game two. Which now, when is he going to be available in the DS? And even worse, okay, you flip, you 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 stay with the plan they're on, and you um, win game one, and you're up one nothing. Okay, and then you send Chris Bassett to the mound, who couldn't get through three innings in his last yep. start against the Braves. Couldn't get through three. You roll him out there, thinking you have a clinch, and if not, we'll throw Degrom if necessary. And and the Padres go, let's say Snell. I'm not sure if they've released who they're going with in game two, but let's say they go Snell and he beats you. Well, now you got to throw DeGrom in game three. And even if you do win, mm-hmm. now when is DeGrom going to be available for the DS? Game three? Game four? You might not get a game four in the DS. I don't understand the thinking there. It's no. so New York Mets. They, no. they, they had the 10-and-a-half game lead. They celebrated the, the four or five against the Braves yep. in July or in August like it was uh, like they had wrapped the division up. They end up faltering. They lose the division, and now they're going to try and pull some strings. And to me, it's like panicking. And and this is the wild card series to me where the most pressure is on teams in the series. The Padres mm-hmm. obviously pushed all their chips to the middle of the table, so there's definitely pressure on them to at some point here. AJ Preller's got to get them advanced. He's gotten them to the postseason the last couple of years. Yeah. Great. Now you got to move on. Now you got to execute and win yep. in the postseason. And for the Mets. I mean, with all the talk of their fan base, all the talk in the media, everyone loved them. Everyone was riding high. They were World Series favorites for a lot of the year. People loved them. They end up losing that division, and now they're going to try and mess around with their pitching staff instead of sending your two horses. Figure it out when you get there, man. Win the wild card series. Figure out the DS when you get there. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I I was shocked when I – heard that um you know because it kind of took me to first off like you think you're that good right 
Like, Chris Bassett couldn't get out of the third inning against, like, you think you're that good? Like, that bothers me. Because then the like, then I want to see, then you give the Padres momentum if they go and win game two. And it doesn't, like, DeGrom hasn't been great. That's, like, the whole narrative, too, is, like, the fact that DeGrom hasn't been the best version of DeGrom through his last six starts. So then you're hinging your bets on, like, uh, hot Padres lineup that smokes Chris Bassett out of the building hypothetically if that happens and coming into your ballpark ready to win or take all like you're hinging your bets on a winner take all yes I'd like to give Jacob DeGrom the ball and winner take all but I'm sorry like they kick them while they're down step on their throat like get it get it over with and figure the rest out the second thing is Buck have you not learned your lesson yep this is where my brain goes right away. You have Zach Britton, the best reliever in baseball in the calendar year that was there, sitting in the bullpen watching the game as Ubaldo Jimenez ends your season and your career as a Baltimore Oriole. Yeah. What are we doing? Like, in, in all honesty, like, is, is there some stuff behind the scenes? Is Jacob DeGrom have a blister problem? Whatever. I don't know that. But A, Jacob DeGrom, it's playoff time. We've given, we've pampered you. We've given you a rest when you need it. It's time to take the ball and say, I'm not coming out. And Buck, how are we going to sit there? And how many times are you going to make the same mistake? You didn't bring Zach Britton in because it wasn't a save situation. What right. are we in, in 20, what was it at that point? 2016? So, like, the whole save narrative was out the window anyway. And in my opinion, I said this the day that he did it. Zach Britton would have thrown seven innings for me. No doubt. And I would have lost that game with Zach Britton on the mound throwing bowling balls at 88 miles per hour because he was smoked. We saw Arkansas. I know this is a completely different thing, but Arkansas in the College World Series last year, Kevin Copps, who was reliever in the year, player of the year, Golden Spikes Award winner, best player in the country, he started the most important game of the year and threw eight and a third innings. And he had only relieved all year. Why are we holding Jacob deGrom back? Because of what? You want to save him for the – you think you're just going to get to the DS? Now I want you 100%. I always wanted you to lose the division. Now I really, right. really am rooting for Max Scherzer to get clipped and rooting for Jacob deGrom, and then you're sitting there looking like an idiot because that's bulletin board material for the Padres. And you want to overlook Blake Snell, you Darvish, Joe Musgrove. Blake Snell's going to come in there and punch out 12. And I think just, I, I, a couple of things. One, couldn't you just see this leading to a messy divorce with deGrom? He's got that opt-out after the year. If they manage yeah. to box this thing and go out to the wild card series – can't you see this leading to just a messy divorce between them? I mean, because that's where you got to be careful, too. I know you're, you're thinking about winning now, but to me, if you're thinking about winning now, you're putting the best pitcher on the planet on the mound as soon as possible. As soon, and be, as much I'd as possible. I'd be starting him in game one. They skipped his start on Wednesday. 100%. So he's, he, he's good to go. Unless there's something going on. If there's nothing going on behind the scenes here, and they're just doing it because they're trying to get cute and they're worried about the DS before they worried about the Padres, who, again, have all this talent. They're not a bad team. They're, they're no. in the wild card because they play in a division with the Dodgers. And, yeah. I, I mean, if you mess this up here and you botch it and with DeGrom with the opt-out, 
I'd be worried that DeGrom's going to get a little bit ticked off here and he's going to he's going to bolt in the offseason. And now you've really set yourself back. Not to mention, you're you're banking on your offense by doing this. An offense that doesn't have Starling Marte. He's yeah. their best offensive player against good pitching, right? You already have a, a lacking yep. – you're lacking in power. Your offense has kind of struggled down the stretch yep. a little bit. You saw it against Atlanta. They don't hit the long ball, which me and you have said time no. and time again, what wins in the playoffs? The long ball. What wins? What won the division for the Braves in that series in Atlanta last weekend? The long ball. The long ball. And so by making this move, instead of sending your best pitchers out there, you're banking on an offense who, frankly, you don't have the Dodgers offense. You don't have the Yankees offense. No. If they do it, there's a little more justification to be made. I still wouldn't agree with anyone else doing this, but I, I, I just, I can't, I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. No, it, neither can I. And, and it just, on the whole, it's like, like you said, just to, just to go to an offensive perspective, like you're not stringing together four hits against Blake Correct. Snell. I love a Blake Snell matchup against the Mets more than anything One. because it is so because the Mets rely on a, a string of of hits walks and big hit right and that's Blake Snell's a walk and a homer that's how you clip Blake Snell right. right if you're gonna get Blake Snell you need him to crumble walk two guys and give up a homer because the second he regains his command He's back he's to striking you guys right. out. And the other thing is the Mets built this whole lineup on on not striking out and things like that. Well, this will be where the time tells, right? It's easy to strike out three times against Kyle Gibson, right? You build a lineup that's not meant to strike out. Right. The problem with elite starting pitching and above average stuff is it strikes Anyone. out everybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody any situation, and if Blake Snell is commanding his fastball to the arm side and working his slider and his curveball off of that, he will strike out 8 to 12 hitters. He will. Oh, you saw it in 2020. Like he, he's been that dominant. Look at his numbers over the second half of the year. Look at how he's been when he is commanding that fastball. So now we're hinging our bets on our offense to beat pitchers like that. You Darvish is a very good pitcher. You know, I'm not saying he's as dominant as Blake Snow. Joe Musgrove, very good pitcher. So I have a hard time, you know, obviously, like you said, like it's a messy situation. You're getting I, – I, I don't mind playing the long game. You know, I, I see the, the benefits of, of that and everything like that. But you can't play the long game. It's the long game in that series, right, if that makes sense. And there's sense. not enough like, time in that series When you talk about playing that. the long game, exactly. Exactly. And that was my point is it's the long game over three games. And then the next series, it's the long game over five games. And then the next series, it's the long game over seven games. And that's fine. If we're talking if about a CS, that, right. If you're you know, talking about a CS idea. and you want to you hold off on DeGrom in a, in a CS till game three, I'm all for that. I understand that. Like you said, there is a long game to be played in the, in the best of seven. But when you've slipped and, and, you're yeah. in, and you're in a wild card round now, if you're the Mets and you got a three-game series to try and pull something like this is bonkers to me, and not to mention, yeah, you're bank, you're banking. This is also telling you how confident you are in Scherzer. I don't blame you. You should be confident in Scherzer. Yeah, but you look at you, Darvish's numbers against the Mets this year. You Darvish beat them twice and completely nullified mm-hmm. that offense. Because what can Darvish do? Yeah. He can strike out anybody, like you said. But also, Darvish has enough pitches that. 
yeah, you don't strike out Mets, that's great, but you're not going to get solid contact off him. You're going to get a lot of weak contact yeah. because he's going to mix split, cutter, slider, curve, mm-hmm. four seam. Uh, and you got to cover all of it. And he had it all going. He was really splitter heavy in those two starts against the Mets this year. He beat them twice. So now you're saying by yeah. doing this, you're essentially saying, well, Scherzer's going to win. That's why we're even coming up with this, or else you'd have DeGrom slotted to go anyway. I, yeah. I don't know. No, it's it's interesting, and it's so New York for something so like New that York. to come out, right. too. Like, that's that's just – like, the fact that that was even a conversation and it, it came out, it, it bothered me. And you can obviously tell. I mean, this is still a 101-win team. They technically, other than the tie break, tied with the Braves in the in in, right. in terms of record. So it's a very good baseball team, right? They never really had that slope nope. throughout the year, and we're sitting here ragging on them. And, and obviously, they crumbled the ten and a half game lead, but that was more the because Braves. of obviously what the Braves did than the uh, than what the Mets did not do, but. You know, it's it's just frustrating to kind of to think of that, and and especially like I said, with what Buck, you know, it, you, <laughs> if if I'm Buck and I have somebody from the front office coming to me telling me they want to push Degrom back, and it's not because of health reasons, I'm saying you understand I'm the one who left right. Zach Britton on the in the bullpen mound in Toronto. You find yourself like, a new manager. It, it, you do understand I, and to that. Me, and as a fan, and live with that. I'm, I'm honestly, of course, I'm rooting against the Mets as a Phillies fan. But I want to see Jacob DeGrom yeah. pitching in the wild card series. I want to watch That's Jacob true. DeGrom throw. I want to, I want to see that. from. A, and obviously you're not thinking about that as an, as an organization, and you can't. But that's part of why I'm so upset, too. And, and the arrogance of it is mind-blowing. Because to me, like you yeah. said, it's, it, this isn't college football where we obviously feed off bulletin board material. But still, if I'm the Padres, it's like, oh, wow, they think they can win this series without throwing their best arm. Is this college baseball? Yep. Are you kidding me? Like we have we have freaking yep. Juan Soto and and Manny Machado, and I know Soto has had his worst year of his career so far, but he's still Juan Soto. Someone roll the tape for Buck yeah. from the 2019 World Series and see what he did to Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander, and tell me you want to you, mm-hmm. you want to not let Degrom throw. Yeah, because Juan Soto yeah. ain't I mean, scared of the spotlight. Juan Soto. I'll tell you what, if you Mm -mm. walked up to Juan Soto and tried to talk about his regular season stats right now, he wouldn't give two craps about it. He knows how good of a player he is. He knows that this is his moment. And in a three-game series, like we just talked about what the path to success for is the Phillies, imagine if Soto and Machado get red hot in this series and hit a Mm -hmm. couple of long balls. Hit a couple – and the difference for value in the playoffs is Juan Soto could go two for nine with two three-run home runs. and that's Series over. And series over. Series over. And, you know, and that's just assuming that nobody else from that lineup does anything. Like we're probably talking about – I mean if they get four runs off of Max Scherzer, I'm confident that the Padres Absolutely. are winning that game. I'm 100% confident. So if they can clip Max Scherzer for a three-run home run, which he has a tendency to give up, he did with the Nationals, 
He's done it all year. His last start with the Mets. Yep. And, and, you know, it's nothing wrong. I mean, it's normal. That's what we talk about. That's why the three run home run is to be played for. We're going to talk about it this whole postseason. You guys think we talk about player development a lot. lot. Wait until we're recapping game X, Y, and Z. (laughs) I mean, like, did you see where the game shifted? The three run home run that was hit. So, um, you know, all you need is Juan Soto or Manny Machado to clip you. And next thing you know, you're, you're not sitting there pretty. So, and the um, other thing, I'm sorry. Anything else yeah. on the national? Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. I just, I, because guess who else the Padres have sitting in their back end of their bullpen? I know he hasn't been good since the trade, but <laughs> he's been really good recently. Right. The, like, the last so month. Now, okay. So now I'm behind. We just gave up the three run Homer and now here comes Josh Hader. I'm supposed to mount a comeback. Yeah. Again, it's perplexing, and, it's and, and uh, obviously this might not happen. And uh, they might throw Degrom game two, even if they win. Maybe someone will come to their senses. Maybe they'll buckle during pregames, listen to the backside ground ball pod, and hear us yelling, and and make the change. But I, I just it it's it's frustrating because if you're the Mets, you've won 101 games, and you don't know what's going to happen this offseason. And the way you've built your team, although it was great for this year. I just – I never want to – I don't like – everyone wants to build a dynasty like the Patriots, right? And the Mets think that they're going to be around for forever. You just don't know that. You're in the dance. Go – You don't know. Win it. Go nope. win every game as you can. Go day by day like your life is on the line because it's the playoffs. And go win the World Series. You can do it. They can do it. Yeah. You know, I said on the last pod, there are four really good teams in the in the NL that I think all could legitimately yep. make a run at the World Series. Four of them, and yeah, I, I mean, even the Padres. So five of them. I think that like just go do it, Mets. You can, but doing this yeah. and playing this game, it's not smart. And I understand you have the Dodgers waiting if you get through the series. Worry about the Dodgers when you get there. Because if, yeah. if in two weeks, if you're on the first tee at your local golf club, or sorry, not in two weeks, after this weekend, if you're on the first tee at your local golf club, ain't no reason to be worried about the Dodgers then. Nope. And you're no different than the Washington Nationals at the end of the right. day. You sold a couple more tickets in the regular Correct. season. Then you're no right. different. You're in the same position. You're golfing in October. And that, that, you know, just to build off a couple of those points you made, one, the do we need to go down uh, back to the Juan Soto point? Do we need to go down the roll of decks of big hits he had against what pitchers? I mean, <laughs> Josh Hader, big double, big obviously against the the Brewers in the wild card series. Clayton, Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw, big home run, hit one off of Julio Rios. He hit one off of Justin Verlander. He hit one off of Garrett Cole. He's not just he, that's just off Juan the top Soto of my isn't head. scared. He's not scared, scared. and his talent is still there. Mm -mm. So you think Max Scherzer, you think Jacob DeGrom, you think Edwin Diaz, you think any of these arms you can throw at him, you know, they could get the best of him. He could go 0 for 10 with six strikeouts and and struggle through three games, two, three games. He very well could, but – I, I don't believe it. I don't think he believes it. I think he knows the, you know, quote unquote dog that's in right. him. And, you know, it's tough. But, you know, it's just like you said, it's 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 frustrating. You have a 101 win season. I, oh, this was the other point I was going to make. And this will be the last point we'll touch on before we, we move on to the AO wild card. But it's not a guarantee. The Nationals shut down Steven Strasburg and 
100%. I think it was the right move. You see what Steven Strasburg did in the 2019 World Series. But there's a lot of people that in 2012 thought that this was just the beginning of what the Nationals were capable right. of. Then you turn around and you don't win till 2019. You lose Bryce Harper. And if it wasn't for the development of Juan Soto, you're probably looking at a bottom of the barrel team. Well, and they wouldn't have, right, they right? Would have never the made reason. the World Series. Never made the World Series. You know, you have got the, and you think about that is you can't piss away this no. opportunity thinking that you'll be back, thinking that Steve Cohen will spend money. We'll go get Judge. We'll keep the Grom. We'll, we have Max Scherzer. We'll develop this. We have top prospects. It does not always work. You take you can, advantage of the opportunity you have. In and front there's of examples you. all over the league. The Phillies in 2011 won 102 games. Ryan Howard's collapse, we just talked about at the beginning of the pod. Ryan Howard collapses at the end of game five with the torn Achilles. It's the end. It's the end. They haven't been to the playoffs since. The Yankees in 09 win a World Series with the Phillies. Who would have thought that they wouldn't be back? They still haven't been back. Yeah. They haven't been back. Yep. And all, look at all those teams they've had. And that team was Teixeira and Cano and Jeter and A-Rod and Matsui. And you would have thought they would have won two or three more. Haven't been back. Right? You, there's yep. examples of this all across the league for years. Uh, go get it. Go get it. it. I mean, the Braves. Go get it. The Braves they, in the nineties and early two yeah. thousands, they won the division every year. Yeah. They won one World Series, and then they finally broke one through World again Series. in twenty twenty one. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I, I, you know, obviously the Mets are obviously a hot topic right now, and and me and you definitely have spent our time enjoying talking about it. It feels like. Um, but go and get it. That's plain and simple. Go and get it. Don't play this game. Don't play with house money. You know, go and get it. Speaking of going and getting it, Tampa Bay, Cleveland. We talk about the long ball. This might be your paradise of a series. I am pitching uh, I, and no run score. I am I am so excited for this series. I'm so excited for all of these series and, and each one for, I think, a different yeah. reason, which makes it so much more fun for me. This series right here, first, my first point I want to do, why haven't I heard Terry Francona Manager of the Year talk? I mean, you're, you're talking know. about an organization and that in the beginning of the year it was, should we trade Jose Ramirez? Now, they, they inevitably got mm-hmm. a deal done, which was brilliant, and I'm, I'm happy for them. But, man, what Terry Francona has done with this team this year and what he always does, I mean, he's been one of the best managers in baseball for 20 years now. It's incredible what he has done, and this series of just the arms and the chess match between Kevin Cash and Francona on when to deploy bullpen, when to put guys in motion on the base pass, when to play small ball. Because and, and I don't necessarily mean small ball by leadoff, single, bunt, ground ball, get him in. But when am I going to pinch hit? When am I going to you know try and shorten this game and go to the pen? Yeah. That's what I mean by small ball. And in this series, it's going to be great because you're going to have great starting pitching matchups throughout. You're going to have bullpens with elite stuff all series and guys who know how to use it, mm-hmm. managers who know how to deploy it. And you're going to, and again, it's going to be this series is going to be who can get a big inning, who can put a crooked number up, right? Who can put that crooked number up? There's going to yeah. be some, there might be this series might be two two nothing games. And who who can score two in an inning? Yep. Who can get a three run homer? As you always say, can can we can we can the Guardians put guys on base in front of Ramirez and let him drive them in? Can Naylor find some of the magic he's yep. had some late inning heroics during the regular season? On the other side for the Rays, like who offensively is going to step up? 
is it going to be Randy or Rosarena again? I can't wait to see McClanahan in the, in the postseason, to see Tristan McKenzie in the postseason. You got Bieber going today. This series is, this series is so intriguing. And, you know, it's like you said, the Rays always play at noon because most fans aren't going to want to watch them. Most fans can't name 10 players on their team. But for people like you and me, the Rays in the postseason are always so much fun to play, to watch. They're always playing tight games. Yeah. This is anybody who's interested in tactical baseball and, and anything like that. It, it is not going to be just roll your nine out and, and see how long they can take it to you. No. So um, both teams um, from both standpoints. So this is going to be a tactician's dream. You guys are going to be in paradise for our fans out there that, that like that kind of stuff, like those pitch hitters, like the bullpen decisions. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of moves. You know, one of the things I do want to touch on for, for Francona and, you know, I kind of thought about this the other day and, and it really sparked us what I think would probably be a really good off season conversation if we did a little bit more nitty gritty diving. But like you talk about what's the true definition of, of a great leader, right? The ability to be adaptable, right? In my opinion, right? And you look at the teams that Terry Francona has led to success. He is the one guy. I think he could take a really talented football team to the playoffs. Yeah. I, I like, I, he is just such a good leader of people. And you can tell he builds relationships because he makes an impact on the guys that played for him. You know, he's taken veteran led teams who hit for power and don't have pitching. He could take them to the World Series. He takes, you know, young teams, the youngest team in baseball that relies on pitching defense and no power. And he builds that lineup and he builds that team to have trust and faith in him and you know everything in between you know like you could I could give him any team I feel like any team in the league obviously talent has to be a part of it but any team with talent and he he's the chef I want in the kitchen on any given day I mean there has to be something I can't wait till you know he finally steps away and information starts coming out and we really find out about the true leadership, you know, abilities of Terry Francona, because like I said, it does not matter who's in the clubhouse. It doesn't matter the ingredients he's working with. He always whips up something that, that is amazing. You know, that it, that is a, just an amazing product. That is an amazing, you know, you know, making the playoffs, making a push, making all those things. And, you know, it's just really fun to see. It's really going it, to be fun to watch this series. Like I said, it's going to be a lot of just tactical baseball. When are we deploying Class A? When are we deploying Karen Chack? When are we deploying, you know, all these guys? Is Fairbanks in the ninth? Is Fairbanks in the fourth? Right. Like, who the who right. knows when these dudes are, when those bullpen doors are swinging <laughs> open? And it's going to be a lot, of, a lot of fun between those two teams. Well, and I think with Tito – you don't just hear about how um, his guys love him. And obviously he's a great leader, but like, you know, he's a great leader and you know, he builds relationships. When every analyst you hear talk about Terry Francona has a personal relationship and loves the guy too. He might be the most well-liked guy in baseball yeah. and it just rubs He is adaptable. Like you said, and he knows how to put guys in positions where they're comfortable, where they can play to the best of their abilities and we've talked about how managers don't affect the game that much in baseball. And that's where you can, when you can build the relationship with the guys and when you can make yep. them comfortable and confident and understanding of what you expect out of them and you can get the most out of each and every one of your guys on your roster. And he always does. 
He always, always does. Yep. And that's what's so impressive. Always I mean, and, and you said it, he's done it with young teams. He's done it with veteran clubs. He's done it with star power um, when he was managing the Red Sox. He, he, he's a great manager. And I'm honestly shocked that he hasn't won a World Series in a while. Yeah. I think the part of the reason he hasn't won the World Series is because, I mean, we we talked about, you know, the the Guardians and, and the situation that they're in. And and obviously it's like they traded Lindor. And obviously right. that trade was it looks good. great. Yeah. It looks phenomenal. It looks better than, than what the Mets got, obviously. And But – when you operate like that, I mean, if you gave him the Dodgers oh, team, sure. I'm not saying he's better manager than than Dave Roberts, but it's the situation he's in with the Guardians and the Cleveland organization. So it'll be very interesting to see. You know, I'd love to see him squeak one through, but I'd also love to see like five managers. You know, I'd love to see Dusty finally get one. I'd love to see Buck finally get one. I'd love to see Terry finally get one. I always am supporting Dave Roberts because I think he is the absolute best of the best i'd love to see kevin cash get over that blake snell demon that he had because you know that's such a dark stain on such a great manager's you know resume but you know it'll be a good baseball series it might not be for for the everyday folk that that like the the action-packed games you know it's going to be a little bit slower it's going to be like a you know sunday at the masters yes. more type of feel in, in that series than it is going to be you know nascar right. final series <laughs> cup so um, i'm impressed that you knew what last knew series what call that. <laughs> yeah well the my former boss is a uh <laughs> huge nascar fan huge <laughs> So, uh, I, uh, one of the, one of the funniest stories I have, and, and actually he doesn't know this, not that he listens to this anyway, but one time, you know, when you're, when you're grinding it out in the early season and you're spending 12, 13 hours with the, with the guy and, and you're spending uh, more time with, with that person than your family, yeah. you know, I felt like we hit a little bit of a rut there. It was our first season together. So, you know, this is, you know, just called playing the game. This is <laughs> if there's anybody who needs a leadership lesson, I walked in there on a Sunday morning I already had practice plan. We were good to go. You know, we stayed ahead of practice plans. And I sat down and I said, hey, how's the NASCAR season going? <laughs> and we talked for two hours. And I, quite frankly, I acted like I cared a lot <laughs> because I cared about the relationship we had. And we were about three weeks into what was going to be a 12, 13-week season. <laughs> so – um, obviously I, I prioritize the relationship we were building, but I, I just felt like I was like, I need to, we need to build this. Like I need to like, and NASCAR was the way to way to his heart, obviously. So, um, that was one of the more beneficial conversations we ever had that had nothing to do with, uh, with the baseball, um, side of things. So last series, um, you know, this is one that, you know, in terms of what I'm looking for, like, ah. I'm fired up to watch Seattle Mariners and Toronto Blue Jays go at it. You know, obviously Toronto, we've talked about it before. It's what makes them scary. We talked about it in one of the episodes when you asked what would make them scary in the playoffs, and it's top-end talent. You get Vladito hot. You get Bo Bichette, who was hot. I don't know if he's still as hot as he was for that stretch, but he was hitting 500 for a couple of weeks. Teoscar Hernandez, Kevin Gaussman, Alec Manoa. Um. Mark DeRosa said it on MLB Central. 
I'm with him. I'm throwing Jose Barrios game three. Give me the stuff. Give me the contract. Give me everything. You need to go out and do it. Um, I'm not going with Ross Stripling. Nothing against Stripling, but you know, I'm going, I'm hinging my bets on my talent. We, we believe in Barrios. I know he struggled this year. So just in terms of talent, then obviously you have the young and fun Seattle Mariners, right? You have Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo, Julio Rodriguez, Logan Gilbert. The list goes on. Obviously, they're a lot of fun to watch. It'll be an interesting series. What are your first thoughts when you when you think about this series? Well, I said that I love all these series for a different reason. And this one is just the the young stars on, on Toronto and the starvation of the Mariners, that they're finally in the playoffs. And the starvation of, a, of a, honestly, a fantastic fan base that has stuck by that team for so long and to see that yeah. celebration when they clinched, it was incredible. And that's, what's going to make this series so fun. My initial concerns for the Mariners in this series is that offense, right? I think Luis Castillo yeah. is going to go out there and he can match, if not out dual Manila, right? We've seen, I mean, you're talking about a guy that dominated the Yankees thrice, <laughs> not once, not twice, but three times this yep. year. He's dominant. He dominated the Yankees lineup who were, you know, and he Honestly, Luis Castillo can kind of personally take it, you know, take the honor of being the reason that the Yankees kind of went into that slide. They had to face him three times in what felt yeah. like two weeks um, on two different mm-hmm. teams. And, you know, he's, he's going to go out there. He's going to pitch with emotion. And I expect him to be fired up in the first inning, throwing 98-99. Same on the other side. Manoa's a young guy who's going to have a ton of juice. I worry that the Mariners won't have enough offense in this series. I worry that, yeah. you know, there's so much firepower in that Jays lineup. They've started to really turn it around, and no one's talking about it. No one talked about it. They were off to an awful start. And I was really concerned that, wow, this is a team that I thought was going to be pushing the Yankees for the division this year. They never really threatened. They really took a long time to get going. They fired their manager mid-year, right? They're, the Phillies and the Blue Jays are the first – I think it's like the first time in, in – in history that two teams fired their managers mid-year and both made the playoffs. Um, and so I, I, it's just, they finally got going though. And to see these young guys and to see the talent that you just laid out there, Vlad and Teoscar and Bo Bichette, and I don't know if the Mariners are going to be able to match that, but the Mariners kind of have the thing that the Cardinals have going for them, right? They have, they have a little bit of magic this year because they've ended the drought and I wish there were going to be some games played in Seattle and I'm pulling for them just so we can get some playoff games in Seattle. Yeah. I think when I look at this series, like I wouldn't be shocked if either got through, you know, I, I don't think there's, you know, I think the blue Jays are the better team, but if you told me Seattle won and, and squeaked by, I'd, I'd be like, "Yeah, they're a good baseball team." I could see, I could see it mapping out that way. A lo- dominant Luis Castillo, a dominant Robbie Ray start. Next thing you know, you're squeaking by. You right. know, I, I, anything can kind of happen in in these three game series, especially. But you know, I think Toronto has more. It's kind of like the Phillies, right? Seattle yep. kind of does. It's like, yeah, they can get through here, right. but like they're not getting through the right. five. Toronto, on the other hand, they remind me a lot of the Padres right on the other side. It's like, okay, they get through here. Like, I, you might wake up and they're, they're in the NLCS. Sure. And, and they're, that place, the ALCS is rocking and it, it's there, you know, and there for the taking. And, and that's a team that is capable of, of getting to that point. And, and it's just going to be, it'll be a lot of fun. I, I think that, you know, obviously with the young 
Bucks on both sides. I still think Seattle's a couple pieces away yep. and, and how they go about it and how they go and get it. I don't know exactly what the route is. Do they go and get a shortstop? You know, I, I don't know. You know, I know they have a ton of, ton of really good prospects, but, you know, I feel like it's kind of just Julio and Co type situation. Obviously, they have the, the horses on the mound, but, you know, I, I think, and that's what their future looks like too. It's not like it just ends in the playoffs of this year where, where it's kind of just that way, but, the Blue Jays, obviously, I'd love to see Vladdy, Vladdy get going. You're right about them playing. They've played really good baseball yes. down the stretch. Like, they've played really, really good baseball down the stretch. They're playing really good baseball at the right time. That is a team that you do not, if you're one, wow. if you're, if you're the Yankees and the Astros, you're not like chomping at the bit to have the Toronto Blue Jays come into your park on October 11th. No, because they're pitching sneaky deep. And I agree with you and D-Row. Throw Barrios in game three because what a weapon Stripling can be out of the bullpen. You know, and he has yeah. experience doing it in the playoffs with the Dodgers. Like, he can be a weapon out of the pen, right? If you need to shorten a yeah. game, Stripling can help you do that to get to Romero. And I think that, mm-hmm. that that's what makes him tough because they have – way more pitching depth than people talk about. We want to talk about the stars, but I mean, Manoa and Gaussman can go out just like Castillo and Robbie Ray can. Manoa and Gaussman can go out there and give you two tremendous starts and pitch you into the DS in two games. Now, I, I think because these teams are so even, yep. I think that this, this series without a doubt goes three. And I think it's the only one that I can yeah. really feel confident and say, this is, this thing's going three, you know? And, and yeah. just because yeah. I think, again, with the hunger that the Mariners and, and the excitement of being there and the fact that I think some of these guys are going to rise to the occasion, I mean, just like you've seen all year with a guy like Cal Raleigh, who has 29 bombs, I think it is. And yeah. and on the other side with the Jays, like those young guys who, who know they belong. You know, and that's the thing. I think that you've seen – you've really seen the confidence down the stretch with the Jays. They missed last year. They won 90-plus games and missed the playoffs last year. Those guys, they know they belong, and now they're there. And I think some of those guys like Vladdy and, and Bo Bichette, they're going to want to show out a little bit. Yeah. This this series, to me, screams uh, Seattle wins game one by a dominant Luis Castillo. They're on the edges of, of kicking in the, the next and round, and then two. Toronto yes. takes the yes, next I, two. I, I, yeah. I agree. It screams that to me. Um, 2-1 victory. Luis Castillo goes eight, passes the ball off, and, and they get out of that one scotch-free, and then – you know, kind of squeak, and then Toronto comes back, and and Galsman dominates, and then a high scoring game three with a couple bombs here and there. You know, I'm taking the Blue Jays lineup if we're going toe to toe on a home run derby or or run scoring match in that in that situation. So, you know that that one screams that to me. Um, I mean, it sounds like you you could see the same thing, but that's just as I think about this series, it's just like I I could just see the headlines on Saturday morning, tomorrow morning of like Seattle on the fringes of making the next round, yada yada yada, and and all the stuff like that. And the next thing you know, they obviously uh, yeah, real quick, you know, kind of fold on the up. offensive side. I kind of want to do this for every series, but for this first series here that we're talking about now, the Jays and the Mariners. On the offensive side, who are the keys for like? Give me one X factor guy for each team in this series on on the offensive side. This is probably going to be the easiest for me okay. because, and I'm going to tell you why because it's all about talent, to okay. me, right? Like, sure, like we could go Mets Jeff McNeil and uh, no. 
Julio Rodriguez and Vlad okay. Jr. That's it. Get on. You need to hit the big long ball. That's it. That's it. We need you to have one big hit a game. And you, you don't have oh, to hit shit. 350. You don't have to hit 450. You just have to simply produce when it's time to produce. If nobody's on, get your at-bats. But if somebody's on and we need a big hit, we need a big inning. We talk about you you talked about in the in the Guardians and the Race series, the big inning is going to be the difference. Right. How can our superstars provide us the big inning? So mine's Julio and it's Flash. For me, I think it's it's I'm gonna go A. Eugenio Suarez for the Mariners. Just because mm-hmm. if you get anything like right, if you're the Blue Jays, you're going into the series and the one guy that can't beat you is Julio. You know, and I think of everything from the pitching yeah. standpoint. Right? It's it's I can't let Julio beat me. That's the one guy that scares me. He's a superstar. He can do everything. So he can't beat us. Right? Which then sometimes yeah. opens the door for someone else to play a huge a huge role. And for me, it's A. Eugenio Suarez. He's yeah. got Superman power, and if he runs into one with Julio on base, he can flip the series. And then, and, yeah. and for the same reason that that you just had, I'll go with Vlad for the Jays because I think there's so much yeah. firepower in that lineup that he's got to really he's got to be the guy that like okay, you hit the long ball, you get the big hit. The the point you make about it, Eugenio is is a fantastic point. With that lineup structure, Eugenio's going to have to be the guy to hit the big mm-hmm. home run because it's going to be simply if Julio gets on in front of you, we just need you to have one or two one swing. hits. And obviously right. he's had a ton. Of, one swing. <clears throat> one swing changes the game. We don't need you to hit – like I said, we don't need you to hit 500 in the series. Um, just one big swing. So before we go on to the other series, let's close the book on this series. Who do you got and how I'm many I'm with games? you. I, I can really – I think how you laid this series out is exactly kind of what I'm feeling. Like yeah. Luis Castillo, dominant game one. Jays fans are nervous. But don't be nervous because they'll win the next two. Gaussman responds in game two, and then they find a way to win in game three. Maybe a big swing by Vlad. Yep. I completely agree. I think it's Toronto in three games, exactly how you and I have both said it. Just as a heads up, I am going to write all these down on yeah, a note card, do. so we're going to have to eat. Oh, if, please do. You know, <laughs> if we have to eat crow the next the next episode, so um, we will have to do that. So um, we'll, we'll stay in the AL right now. Um, we'll head over to – Cleveland, the beautiful city of Cleveland, who are the X factors offensively, or you know, you can mix in pitching because obviously the series is a little bit different. Um, who are the X factors for each of those teams, and what do you got for the series? Man, I think this one, this one's really tough to say, and I think it is going to be pitching for me in this one. And I think for the for the yeah. Guardians, I think it's it's going to be a couple guys, right? I think for me and the Guardians, like I'm going to say Emmanuel Classe. Can we stretch him out? Can he be the Andrew Miller that Tito used back in 2016 when they when they went to the World Series, right? Can he be? Can he fill that role? Can we get Class A to give me five outs, four outs, multiple days in a row, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if need be, because he's dominant, right? I mean, you look at his stuff and it is absolutely electric. So if, if Tito can shorten the game because you also have Karen Check and you have, you have a bunch of guys back there who can get you out, but if you can deploy Class A in sixth inning and he can get you from, you know from two outs in the sixth through until the ninth inning when then you can turn to the next guy, that's going to be amazing, right? That's huge if you can do that, mm-hmm. or if, if even less, if we can get you five outs, four outs. That's going to be massive, and can, and can he do that? And I think that sets the, the Guardians up well. And on the other side for the Rays, 
it's got to be offense for me. We know they're going to have a million arms who are going get, to get the job done for them on that side, right? On the mound, they'll have a million arms. They'll have guys who can, who can who are gonna come out. They'll probably use six guys in one of these games, right? We, we've seen it before with the Rays. We'll do it again. So for me, offensively, it's going to be can, can Randy Rosarena recapture the magic of 2020? Because that guy yeah. was unbelievable in that postseason. 10, 10 homers in that postseason, if I'm right. Was it 10 or 11? Mm-hmm. It was if something he, like that. If, it was like a if lot. If he can sniff that again, then the Rays move on. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I completely agree. I, I, you I'm go, sorry. You well, you wanted me to give you a prediction, so I'll, I'll say. I'll say again. Yeah, I of like, course. I like course. the Rays in, in three here. Um, I think just the, the, okay. the Guardians are so young. They're a really good team. They're exciting. It's going to be a great series to watch. I think evenly matched, just like that other AL series. And I think the Rays move on in three. They've been there. They've done it before. I think they're starting to get a little bit more healthy, healthier than they've been all year. Unfortunately, I mean, Tyler Glasnow is going to tow it at some point in the series, whether that's out of the pen, whether it's just starting. He's towing a game two. They announce that. So, exactly. So, even if he gets you nine, 12 outs in game two, whatever it may be, Glasnow's back. I think, you know, I think they'll find a way. I think Kevin Cash and the Rays find a way. Yeah, this this series, I'm going to start with my prediction um, just to kind of build off of what you said. This series, to me, screams Rays in two. Um, I, I just because of the fact that I think it's going to be a tight game one. Yep. I just think it's going to be a very tight game one. I think Glasnow is going to give you three, four dominated innings. So the Rays are going to have a big hit early in that game, and the bullpen is just going to shut it down. I just think the Guardians are too young right now. I just think there's not enough superstar talent. I think, you know, again, I, I, I said this, I think they would play better in a seven game series against the Yankees than a three game series against the Rays. They are basically the Rays right. light, the younger, the younger Rays, Rays, right? And I just think that when you have Shane McClanahan, who hasn't been great, I get it, but all he needs to do is give you five innings when Kevin Maybe even Cash less. is deployed. Maybe four. Give me Maybe even less. Four innings, six strikeouts, one or two runs. Your offense does what they need to do. Then you're just rolling it out. Then you roll out Tyler Glass now, who you know I'm very excited to see in the postseason and kind of dominate. And I just think that their ability to shorten their game, the ability to move Jeffrey Springs to the bullpen if right. they need to, the ability to do different things is is obviously going to create a lot of havoc for my players to watch and my X factors. You know, Wander Franco. You're the guy, yep. right? And I know I said in the last episode, in the last series, that it's going to be all the superstars, and my brain's starting to go. <laughs> pick. I'm like, come on, find something else to talk about. But Wander Franco, you are Tampa, you are Tampa Bay Rays baseball right now. They gave you the big contract. They don't give anybody the big contract. They really like they are hinging their bets on you being the guy for them for the foreseeable future. And now's your time. Now's your opportunity to really go and do it. So I, I really want to see him. He's going to kind of have to impact the game in different ways, but I really need to see him on the bases a lot flying around. And my X factor for the Guardians, I'm going to go with a duo. We're going to go with a law firm back there, Karen Chack and Class right. A, um, and their ability when they can pitch, how long they can pitch, and you know their margin for error is thin, razor thin. Right. Because if Karen Chack gets clipped, 
then you're loose, right? right? Like, because these games are going to be that close. Yep. Like, Karen Check and Class A have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm going to hinge my bets on you know them being the X factor for them. Um, we'll go through the NL. We talked a lot about these these two series, and and I got somewhere to I got a Zoom call at 10 a.m. So we're we're kicking down the 20 minute marker here. So. Let's start with the Phillies and, and Cardinals so we can end for, for our Mets fans for, to hear our, our just glorious takes um, on, on their team. We can we can leave them with the best. So we'll start with Phillies and Cardinals. What's your, your prediction and who are your X factors? Um, can I plead the Kirk Herbstreet in this series and just talk more about the keys instead of giving a prediction or is that not allowed? <laughs> yeah, sure, that's fine with um, me. No, and, and I'll start with the Phillies as far as the key guys go. Um, obviously, we talked about their starting pitching, but for me, on the offensive side, um, my fandom wants to say Nick Castellanos because if Castellanos can give you anything like what we've seen in past years, then look out for that lineup. Mm-hmm. But to me, the, the key guy is Reese Hoskins. Because when Reese Hoskins is hot, it turns that lineup into a completely different dynamic. And he's just yeah. so streaky. If he can capture – if he can get hot, these – these three games, two games, however long this series goes, the dynamic of trying to pitch to this lineup becomes really, really challenging for a manager and for a pitching staff because Schwarbreath is going to be at the top. Harper is going to be slotted in three and Rio Muto after him. Hoskins is going to sit in that two-hole. And if Hoskins is hot, he can win this series for the Phillies with some big hits. Um, yeah. And then on the flip side for the Cardinals, it's so to anyone other than Goldschmidt or Arenado. You look at the career numbers of Goldschmidt and Arenado against Wheeler and Nola, they're not good. They're not good. And everyone knows it, and the Phillies are going to circle those three, four spots in that lineup. And just like I said about the Jays not letting Julio beat them, the Phillies are going to do everything in their power not to let Arenado or Goldschmidt beat them. So it's going to be, who can give me something in that lineup? Is it going to be Dylan Carlson, who's starting to finally hit right-handers a little bit better? Is it going to be? Is it going to be pool holes with the magic at bat at some point in this series? Who is it going to be? It's yeah. got to be someone, someone other than those two guys. And I guess I'll give you a prediction. I, I guess I'll play the game. Um, I'll say I'll say Philly sweep here, just on the backs of their starting pitching. Yeah. So. To be honest with you, my my prediction is Phillies in two as well. Um, I was going with that before you said that because I do think, but I do think if this, so I'm going to make a caveat here. If this game gets to three, I'm taking the Cardinals. Um, It's just one of those razor, you know, again, we're talking about razor thin margins here. Um, If this game gets to three, I, I trust the Cardinals depth. I trust the longer this thing goes, if they played a hundred games, I'm definitely taking the Cardinals and it's not even close. So, um, you know, the less games they play, the better for the Phillies. So let's get this thing over in two. I want my start, my aces out there. Let's go win ourselves a series and let's move on and, and, and save everything else for, for another day. To be honest with you, I forgot Reese Hoskins even exists. That's good. Um, so, to, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when you said it, I was like, "Oh yeah, he does play for the Phillies." So I, but that matchup, I mean, in, in general, just to to kind of build off that point is, he's got to be the guy against. Yes, Kim he Bama, does. You know, against Montgomery, like you got to as the righty. 
the power hitter, you got to be that guy. As Schwarber's and the Harpers are at a little bit of a disadvantage going lefty on lefty against that. So, you know, I, I love that pick, you know, and just, I, again, we'll go Schwarber because he's been the guy for so this whole year. Yeah, he's and, the leader and he has 45 yep. pumps. Like, we, yeah, we need, we need him to have a big hit. But obviously, Harper plays a very big role in that. You know, I don't care what you do the rest of the series. When the time comes and there's traffic on the base pass, I we'll need you one. clear. Right. Some we'll way, double. Right. Just need you. I need you to do that. So Schwarber's the guy from there. And, you know, from the from the perspective of the Cardinals, it's it's just a collection of those veterans. You know, Yachty, where's your big hit? Pujols, are you getting a big home run? Wayno, are you giving me a big start? And we'll see. You know, I, I just think it's the the old guys. Are we going to play that magic of like, hey, like this is your last hurrah? Let's go out with a bang, and and we'll see. You know, that that's the biggest thing. So those are those are my guys. So I'm going Phillies in two. We're going Schwarber, and then we're going the the 38 and over club for St. Louis. So we'll finish off here with the series that everybody's looking forward to. Obviously, we spent enough time talking about them in general. Um, we, we spent a lot of time ragging on the Mets since they've, they've blown this 10 and a half game lead. Um, here's where we put the, our money where our mouths are and, and, and start to predict some things. Cause we never in writing put that the Braves were going to win the division. Um, I wouldn't have done it after the five games series, but I think you would have. So let's hear it. Wild card series. The Mets are obviously here, but you have, uh, San Diego coming to town and, and that's a really good team. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, um, the keys, the key, the key guy for the Padres is Juan Soto, right? If you, if you, yeah. If you give me um, twenty nineteen Nationals Juan Soto, I, they they can win the series. So Juan Soto, who hasn't been yeah. that guy all year, who hasn't been last year's MVP candidate, Juan Soto, if he can turn back into that guy and be that guy and get hot here and come up with some big swings. They can win this series. They can. They have the pitching to do it, and they have the other guys to do it. As far as the Mets go, um, yeah. it's Pete Alonso. It's Pete Alonso for me, and it's it's kind of easy, right? It's easy that it's Pete Alonso. We've talked about it. Yeah. That's what's going to win in the playoffs. I don't know if those other guys are going to get on yep. base. I don't know if Jeff McNeil can, and can flick his bat against elite pitching and get those singles the other way. I don't know if he can and hit seeing. Right. I don't know if it's seeing eye hits. It's got to be Alonso. When guys do get on, when McNeil does find that that single in, in one of these games, Alonzo's got to come up with a big stick. I don't think Lindor – Lindor just hasn't looked right. He's had a much better year this year, obviously, than his first year in New York, which was kind of disastrous. But I, I, he hasn't looked like Cleveland, Francisco, Lindor in the two years since he's gotten to New York. And if, uh, he, he looks like a, a light-hitting shortstop, defensive right. first shortstop. And so it, for me, it's, it's got to be Pete Alonzo. Um, and then my serious prediction, I think the Mets get it done in three. I think they, I think they, I don't know how they end up doing it, but I think they find a way to get it done in three. I almost want to say it's going to be the same as the Mariner series. Darvish wins game one. Um, and then they end up throwing DeGrom in game two. Or no, I'm sorry. I think, yeah, Darvish gets it done game one. And then, um, they throw DeGrom in game two and, and they find a way to win the series. Yeah, I, I like that prediction. I, I think it'll it'll at least keep some of the Mets fan base from from pitchforking our our homes. But um, 
So, I mean, I'm just going to go different on the Padres. Obviously, we've talked about uh, Soto a lot, but, you know, and he's probably really, if you didn't mention it, probably would have been my X factor. But I'm going to go with Jake Cronenworth because at the end of the day, you need a third guy in that situation because, you know, there's got to be somebody protecting these guys in Machado and Soto and protection can come from in front or behind one of the biggest miss in building a lineup, but protection, you know, either he needs to be on base, either he needs to be behind them. He needs to be a threat. He needs to be, if they walk Soto, we need you to have the big hit or vice versa, right? Um, You need to be on base to give Soto the opportunity to get the big hit. So they can't walk you. So Jake Cronenworth, he's had a rough year. He's a young guy. I thought he was really going to build himself into a, Premier, a superstar, and I still think he has the, the 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 capabilities of doing that. For the Mets, put your money where your mouth is, Francisco yeah. Lindor, right? Um, you know, I, I've, I, I, I couldn't believe it. There was a discussion on the MLB at Bad App that people were talking about him getting MVP votes. Wow. That's, That's a, a joke. joke. That is that a is, joke. And that is his um, New York. And, and that shows that's, that's the New York. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, Tommy Edmond deserves MVP votes as much as, as he Correct. does, if that's the case, um, if, if we're going that route. But that's besides the point. You're making a lot of money, Franny. You're make, making a lot of money. You're in a pressure cooker. You've had your ups and downs. The fans finally seem to be on your side. Um Go out and do it. You know, be the superstar. You've been to the World Series. There's only a handful of guys in that that locker room that could say that. You know, not Degrom's still around from from 2015. You have Max, who won in 2019, and obviously some of those veteran pieces that they've added. But you've been there. You've been the superstar on a World Series caliber team. Go out and do it yep. again. You know, and and we need to see you turn that back the clock from Cleveland. And that's just on the whole of the playoffs, not just this series. You know, you're gonna play good defense. I need to see. You know, you need to take away a hit from Juan Soto with second and third to you know two outs, yeah. like going up the middle, forehand spin, dot yep. to P. Right. Need to see some of that. See some of that. All, you know, all around ball game. You know, play a good game and and kind of kind of be the superstar that he's capable of being. I'm taking Padres oh, in three. Degrom um, loses game three. No specific way. I just think. I just think you. I think the Padres win game so one. Degrom wins game two. No, I don't know which route. Which route they go? No, I think the Mets win game okay. one. So then they sorry. Can- backwards Mets win game one and then the Padres get momentum and I think in a winner take all you know I just I just do I believe Blake Snell is going to dominate at some point in this series I really do so um you know and and I just think that some if there's something going on and you're not getting a healthy DeGrom that's something to, to hang your hat on at least um but I, I do think that you you are waking up a sleeping giant if you're not stepping on their throats in game two. If they win game one and DeGrom pitches game two, I'd probably change my It makes too much sense to do that. I, I don't, he will be able to pitch sooner yeah. in the DS. I know you think you can win game two and sweep, but if you just pitch him in game two of the wild card, he can pitch sooner in the DS. If you then lose, like, stop yep. acting like the Padres are going to – like, the Padres aren't running Jerome Williams out there in game two. The Padres are rolling either Joe Musgrove yeah. or Blake Snell out there. That's not a yep. shoe in to win. So, no, it's not. 
No, it's not. So we will recap these on Sunday night, the next time we meet and have a podcast. I can't wait. Uh, And we will see see where we stand, and then we'll obviously talk about – everybody wants we we haven't talked about the astros we haven't talked right. about the yankees we haven't talked about the Braves. we haven't talked about the dodgers so you think this is going to be a fun october those four teams we haven't even talked about and we just spent 70 minutes talking about eight really good baseball yep. teams so enjoy dan any last words before you you head off and and prepare for your, your speech <laughs> um this is uh yeah i actually do i have a couple of things one i can't wait to see how wrong we are on these predictions come sunday and two i found yeah. out uh yesterday we have a loyal listener of the pod that i'd like to shout out mike payton good friend of both of ours enjoys <sighs> the pod loyal really listener. yeah yeah, Does yeah. He? enjoys the, po- enjoys the wow. pod um, I, now i feel yeah big yeah that was pretty exciting for me too obviously um, you know we have some really good loyal listeners out there um dilly burn guys that listen all the time um yeah, but to hear definitely. Mike Payton, who's just an all-time baseball guy, like all just time. one of the best people yeah. I've ever been around, and an all-time baseball guy, hear that he listens to the pod. It's pretty exciting. That's big time. That's big. That yeah. fired me up. Yeah. That fired me up. Now I want to record know, tomorrow night. So um, now, now we're posting seven episodes <laughs> a week. If if we got a, a, I love our loyal listeners, and to hear that we got more than I I originally thought. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, well, to those loyal listeners, continue to share, subscribe, and like all the podcasts. Obviously, we're you know, like I've said before, you know, we enjoy doing this. We think our content is is halfway decent. Um, and obviously, if you're listening to most of the episodes, you do too. So, share with five friends. It helps the podcast. It helps the podcast grow. We'd love to you know get to the point where we're able to do this a lot more often. Um, for for you guys and for obviously anybody else who who loves baseball and loves in-depth player development talk so you know share subscribe like you know it's the only way for us to grow the podcast you know because you can tweet out your tweets but if nobody listens it doesn't matter so um you know enjoy the baseball this weekend it's going to be a lot of a lot of sports this weekend a lot of fun to watch and and hopefully a lot of good baseball series so we'll see how our predictions stack up on sunday dan drive safe i'm glad we made it this far um it's not like we haven't talked on the phone and we could have just hit record before but enjoy the wedding this weekend can't wait to see you back in north carolina coming next Thanks, week buddy. I'll so. see you soon see ya <laughs>